Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. morning welcome to rp3 and company with your guest host raymond no it's really me i'm back baby what's up i'm raymond parts the third the big bald and beautiful one some of you missed me some of you missed me more than others you know who you are but i'm here six to nine back and ready to talk about everything in the sports world. Especially the eight days of it that I missed. <laughs> so, it may be a transitional day, if you know what I mean. Not that I didn't watch sports. I did. I didn't. I wasn't as thorough with the examination of the world of sports. Astros made a bunch of trades. I know they took three of four from the Seattle Mariners. And then they turn around and lose two of three to Boston and just split with the Guardians. Woof. My Braves got owned by the Mets while I was on vacation. Mets got DeGrom. They had Scherzer. They're really, really good. They're really, really good. The Yankees, meanwhile, have been the epitome of mediocre. So much so, even though the Astros lost two of four to the Guardians and two of three to Boston, they're like only a half game out of having the best record in baseball. Home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Pinstripers are struggling, as we like to say. Of course, NFL training camps are up and running and so much more. But producer extraordinaire, Hannah, five names, held it down while I was gone. While I was taking part in the Great American Road Trip family vacation. That's right. Our own version of the Griswolds going to Wally World. She held it down. She doesn't know that reference. We'll, we'll address that later. Well, I think Wally World, I think Walmart. Griswolds so. <laughs> or National Lampoon's Vacation. The whole okay. trip is to get to Wally World, which is an amusement park. Uh, see, I say Wally World. I go have Walmart. you never? You've never seen National Lampoon's Vacation, have you? Uh-uh. Oh my god! And we're back. <laughs> 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 Did you miss me? Five names. Couple weeks of media days, having to do the show remotely, and then yeah. off on vacation. I know. I think I've seen. I think I've seen you in person twice in the past three weeks. To, to a little uh how great lo- to have you back how long before you start wishing i was no longer in the studio again uh i give you an hour and a half <laughs> hour and a half she gives me she goes eh eh hour and a half when the first guest comes on that's when we're gonna know <laughs> you'll be like 
Oh, when are you leaving again? It's going to be fine. 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 Everything's fine. Yeah. No, everything's fine. Everything's, everything's peachy. Fine. And uh, you have to mention that uh, I took two of three from the Yankees, by the way. Which I'm sure Kevin thanked you for. Oh, yeah. And Paul has yet to call. But Foot did my trash talking for me. Paul did text me. <laughs> Paul did text me while I was on vacation. Some other y'all DM'd me on social media. I was off for the most part. Just now started posting vacation photos. Mm-hmm. Always do that as a rule of thumb. 69 photos. <laughs> and a bunch of videos. Yes. That's just leg one, by the way. There's yeah. still two more legs to post. So it's a commitment that the wife and I make to each other. Right. This laptop that I just opened up has not been opened up since I left work that Thursday. Good job. Like, I left it at home. So there was none of that going on. So it was just about having fun with the family and all the shenanigans that we could get into. Our daughter was so exhausted from getting to play with her cousin and then what we called cousins because they're some of my best friends and their kids. So we're just like, just go play with your cousins. And then she comes back. She goes, are these really my cousins? And I was like, no, baby, they're not. They're not really your cousins. We just call them your cousins. Like, okay. Um, the last leg of our trip, we saw my best friend Sean and his his boys, his wife and his boys. They're older. They're about to go in eighth in sixth grade. So they're into Star Wars. Mm. And they had multiple lightsabers, homemade ones and ones that they just bought, plastic lightsabers. So when they first when she first got there and they had this huge basement, which is like the size of our house. So they're just playing down in the basement. And at first they're playing Harry Potter and they're doing all this other stuff. And then they introduce lightsabers. We're like, have fun. And they're boys, right? Yeah. These are boys that play travel baseball and baseball all year long. Mm -hmm. They're about to be in the sixth grade and the eighth grade. Yes. The eighth grader comes up and he's just kind of laughing and going, shaking his head. And we're like, oh, what happened? And he goes, Hattie's pretty aggressive with the lightsabers. She kind of kicked our butt. So my daughter rolled up into somebody else's house, took one of their lightsabers. I have a picture. I haven't showed it to you yet. I'm going to show it to you in the break. She looks like she's a Sith Lord. She's got, she she kept the Harry Potter, I don't know, not cape. Robe. Robe on. And then she put the, the, the hood on and then she held the lightsaber. And I took a picture of her in the dark when they told me this. So I went back downstairs. I was like, baby girl, where are you at? She's like, whatever, Dad. I says, let me take a photo. And she's giving me the glare, but she looks like she's an evil Sith Lord. Just dominating. But, bless her heart, we swam three times. Went to a water park. She got to play with her cousin outside of Nashville for a couple days. Nonstop. They played Nerf gun battles and everything else. Then went to go see one of my other best friends, Mike, and his wife, Abby, that live in... Evansville, Indiana, and they have two boys, rambunctious boys. So we went to the water park with them, and she played with them. And it was just nonstop. And she like she spent the night with those, and just spent the night with those boys. When we when we're driving back, because we split up the trip, we're driving back, and we spent the night in Missouri, 
right on the Arkansas border. Oh, well. Yeah, well, what to Missouri. And she just slept most of the time. <laughs> she was just worn out just morning till oh, dawn, going 110 miles per hour. It was worth the drive. That was not a short drive. I, I bet. It was not. I haven't gone. I haven't been in a car to drive to Missouri in a long, long, long time. That's where my cousins live. And we would drive and do every other year. They come to Louisiana and we go to Missouri. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long drive. <laughs> and we went further than Missouri. So, <laughs> so that was, that was, uh, well, but, but no. And we, and we sprinkled in some history. Went to, William, went to William Henry Harrison's home, the ninth president of the United States, his home in Vincennes, Indiana, because our daughter likes history, so we sprinkled a little history in. Then we went to the, the Lincoln Log Cabin, where Abraham Lincoln's father lived on this farm. Mm-hmm. That's a state historical site in Illinois. So we kept asking Hattie the whole time. We're like, well, what was your favorite part of the trip? You know, what was your favorite part? She goes, everything. <laughs> she was very excited. And we go to the water park. This is another thing. It has no fear. None. Oh, no. Yeah. Figure that out. So up there, this is actually like a county-ran park. Just so happens to have a water park portion of the actual park. So it's like a local park. And they have these massive swimming pools there. And they have the slide. And it was inner tube slide. So you get into the, you sit in your inner tube, and then they shoot you down the chute. And you, you spin around, and you come out. She had never been on one of those before. You want to know how many times she rode that? Like 12. 20. <laughs> then she convinced me to do it. And I was like, I went up to the guy, because I'm a big fella. I went up to the guy up at the top with my little inner tube, because you have to climb up the, you know, yeah. the hill there. I said, uh, my man, is this going to work? He goes, nah, man, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I go, you sure? Because I'm a big boy and I'm going to gain some momentum coming down this slide. <laughs> are you Are you sure you're built? You guys are built for this. He says, not a problem, sir. I said, oh, that's nice. He called me, sir. So I went down about 10 times. Then they had another one, which is just a chute. Right beside the slide, you know, right beside the, the slide for the inner tubes, right beside it is just a green tunnel, a chute that goes down. You can't see out of it. You know, my daughter went down that like 10 times. Oh, no, she, she only went down a few times because oh. you start turning around and you can't see and you come out and then she ingested all this water. <laughs> just, yeah. just So she, then she's like, Daddy, you have to do it. And I'm like, you got it. So then I, I climb back up again to the top and I look to my guy. I go, my man. This looks like this may be a tight fit. He goes, look, you should fit in is what he tells me. He goes, but if you get stuck, you know, we can't really come get you for a while. <laughs> so I have to sit there for a moment and go. So I look at it. I go, oh, what the hell? So I get myself in there. I'm spinning around. I come out and just, just water. Just, my wife took a slow-mo video of it. Just, you just see like a wave just break from where I landed. I only did that once. <laughs> I only did that once. And on top of it, at the park that day, I was rocking an LSU E shirt, LSU Eunice shirt. Didn't think anything that no one would even recognize. Like I wore, I wore a couple of my game polos throughout the vacation, and some people were like, well, what is that? And I explained it to them. 
But I'm rocking the LSU e-shirt. Shout out to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. A lifeguard, you know, a bunch of teenage lifeguards at the park, right? Yeah. A lifeguard goes, are you from there? And I go, well, we live in that same parish. We live. He goes, oh, yeah. He says, they recruited me. Uh, uh, I'm a high school baseball player. Coach Willis recruited me. I said, it's small world. He says, they got a great program. I said, yes, they do. Boom. Boom. What up? So, no. It was it was an absolute phenomenal time. Saw a minor league baseball game. My wife took one for the team. Five names. I, I see that. You had a major league baseball game, and yeah. She took one for the team. Triple A, Nashville Sounds, Great Park, right downtown. Nashville, unfortunately, lost. But my daughter did get a uh, booster, which is a rooster named Booster, which is one of the mascots. So she got to have that. And she actually did pretty well. We left in the seventh inning. Everyone had had enough. Of course, my brother and I, we could have stayed the whole time. Yeah. But our wives were champions. (laughs) They're like, fine, we'll do this. And my wife went to her first, you know, minor league or major league baseball game. And I said, well, this park's really nice. I says, if we, you know, and we're walking out, I says, this park's really nice. Because they had like a little putt-putt area, like a legitimate, like little nine-hole putt-putt area for families to play. Mm-hmm. And they had all this other like great stuff, like a lounge bar area and like cornhole games all out in the like right field area. And it, they did a really nice job, great job with the park. So I'm telling my wife, I says, look, it says other minor league baseball stadiums aren't this nice. And she goes, and she goes, she goes, that's adorable that you think that we're going to do this again. <laughs> so I said, I said, thank you, dear. <laughs> she was not thrilled. She did not. She did not. That was not her favorite part of the trip. No, I was not. No, 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 no. Seeing everyone. Us having fun at the the water park, the history stuff that we did, and visiting with family and fr- you know family and friends. That was yeah the hot the, the highlight. Hattie had s'mores for the first time. What what? Yeah yeah, got to make s'mores for the first time at my brother's house who lives there in Clarksville. So she, you know, I told her because she wanted to make some, and my, I told my brother about it before we went on our trip, and he's like, well, we can do that. Let's do that here. So I waited. I didn't do it at the house. I said, hey, we got something special. For you and your cousin, so they made she made s'mores for the first time. She just thought that was the greatest thing. Oh yeah, ever. So it was it was it was a great time, great way to recharge batteries. Because look, football season's going to be here mm-hmm. in just a matter of weeks. <laughs> Labor Day weekend will be here in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm I'm currently trying to figure out uh, when to set up the date and time to do my family fantasy football league. That we randomly came up to do like two days ago. Our name is fantastic. It's smoke going up on a Monday because smoke Monday. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Nice. His season's not going to happen. It's by, fine. B- by the way, I know <laughs> he's he's out. That that but happened I while think I was of gone. Another person to like really make a funny fantasy football league name to would it be from the Saints. I didn't really care for James Winston's name to figure something out. And Honey Badger's and like Honey Badger, so I don't I, I was like, All yeah, that nervousness about 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 the Honey Badger not being 
at practice and not being at training camp, and then there he shows up and he's making plays I saw over the weekend. Yes, six Funny. days in the training camp he showed up. Yes, he was fa- handling a family matter. Yes. Poll question of the day. What was the favorite part of RP3's vacation? Was it the drive through animal safari? By the way, ostriches are mean and aggressive. In yeah, case you were I, wondering. I, I stay away from them. Aggressive. Like, like they bully other animals to get the feed through the drive through safari, by the way. In case you were wondering. <laughs> and then they will peck at your window and block your path. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, I have to say this. So my wife, so we decide in North Mississippi, we decided to hit a drive through safari. We've never done one before. So we go through and it was really nice. We saw zebras and a bunch of llamas. By the way, the llamas surrounded the car. We, we were stuck for like five minutes because the llamas wouldn't move. So there's all these different animals and the ostriches are mean and aggressive. The only one they don't mess with is the camel. And the camel's like, get out of my way. Like the camel, like the ostrich looks at the camel and the, cam- and the ostrich is like, nah, I'm good. But that, that's the only animal in the whole park and they will track you. They will follow you. They hear your car window start to go down because they now identify that with being fed. Mm-hmm. They will start running towards your car. They're terrifying. They, they, they are a little terrifying. So there's an ox. No, no, a water buffalo. So water buffalo comes up and Hattie feeds it at first. And she's like, oh, gross. And Tina's like, oh, whatever, stop, calm down. So the water buffalo then moves from her, uh, Hattie's window to Tina's window. The water buffalo got so aggressive with the feed that it put Tina's hand in its mouth. And its tongue is like sandpapered. It like wrapped around her tongue. And she let out the greatest. I'm just laughing the whole time. She's like, it's just covered in slobber please tell me that Heidi said it's whatever (laughs) she did I loved her forever oh man that animal safari was a trip man my wife's just trying to disinfect her hand for a day yes see a picture of you and giraffes you're not allowed to get out of your vehicle during the drive through safari yeah okay but the giraffes did come up to the car. I took a couple of photos of giraffes. Fantastic. It's my favorite animal. So I'll, yes. I'll, yeah. Yes. Shout out to the giraffes. But no, Animal Safari, which was amazing. Minor League Baseball game, which the wife did not enjoy, but I did. Uh, inner tube water slides in Indiana or everything. That's our poll question of the day as I'm back in the studios here in lovely Upper Lafayette. We had some crazy ones last week. <laughs> At one point, we didn't post one until like 6.30 because we had like five. We weren't sure which one we wanted to go with. A little indecision. Did we yes. have? Did we have? That's it's all right. Fine. Hey, we got a great show lined up, though, for you today. In addition to the poll question of the day, which we want you to go vote on and leave your comments on what was the favorite part of my vacation, we also got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to have Jeff Palermo, our buddy from Tiger Rag Radio. He's going to join us to talk all things LSU. Camp is in full force. They're gearing up for the upcoming season. Brett Chancy from the Locked On Astros podcast will join us, the state of the Astros. They're still one of the best teams in baseball despite splitting with the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians are playing better. That'll be coming up at 8 o'clock. And then at 8.30, Big Easy Blitz time with John J. Hendricks live from Saints 
training camp. They took yesterday off. They'll be back in action today. So we got three great guests lined up for you today. Of course, I want to hear from you. You got something to say about my vacation? You got something to say about the Saints, about the NFL, about Major League Baseball? about water buffaloes and how disgusting they are, I want to hear from you. Game hotline's open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You listen to RP3 and company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, the Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. That's right. The Houston Astros are going to take on the Baltimore Orioles. Man, that could have... A series with massive playoff implications, especially for the Orioles, who are playing so well of late. That game is going to be on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Simply go register in the game clubhouse today. That's right. Make an appointment today to score yourself four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Once again, O's, Stroh's. Saturday, August 27th, four tickets, tour of Minute Maid, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. It's our latest Astros weekend getaway. Of course, they're powered by Butcher AC, Love Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. But you can only win our latest Astros weekend getaway by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today. It's simple. It's easy. It's free. What are you waiting for? Them Houston Astros made good moves at the trade deadline. I think we all expected Jake Odorizzi to be shipped, right? Especially the way that he had been pitching. They had an excessive amount of starting pitching. So we knew that, especially with Lance McCullers Jr. coming back. And they have the best pitcher in minor league baseball in Brown in AAA down at Sugarland, just waiting to be called up. So they made some good moves off the field at the tread deadline. They were aggressive as we expected them to be. We knew they would not be just sitting on their hands, so to speak. So they trade old Jakey away. Old Jakey. And trade him to... Well, the Atlanta Braves. They get Will Smith back. Now, if you remember, old Will Smith, not the man who's the man in black either. No, no. I had a whole thing with James Yasko while I was on vacation, by the way. He didn't think I was going to be gone that Friday, and he's like, we have so much to talk about. (laughs) About Will Smith. So I waited (laughs) <laughs> waited until I was at a stopping point that I could text him back. While we were having so much fun, I'm going to pull this up. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, Yasko. I go, what are you talking about, man? He goes, this is what we, he said. 
He goes, we have some things to talk about regarding Will Smith. And I said, do you mean how he gets jiggy with it or how he welcomes people to Miami or how he was knocked out by Mike Tyson or how he loves driving around five miles per hour so everybody sees him or how he's one of the men in black? That just went on and on. And there's some other things I can't share on there. <laughs> so, oh, man. But look, they made some good moves. Make no, make no bones about it. The Astros did do some good things while I was gone. They were aggressive during the trade deadline. You expected them to do that. Not thrilled if you're an Astros fan about the fact they don't know when Michael Brantley Jr. could be coming back, if he comes back at all. That's a weird injury. And the fact that he's not back yet is not awesome. But they got Trey Mancini from Baltimore in a three-team deal. They got Christian Vasquez from Boston. And they traded Odorizzi to the Braves and in return got Will Smith, who used to pitch for them, the former LSU reliever. So they made moves. They added some bats. And they got themselves a relief pitcher. Now, Smith is 33 years old. And he was not great for Atlanta. As he's given up 35 hits and 25 runs. But he has struck out 41. So the Strohs make some moves. Like I said, losing two of three to Boston, who's down in the basement of the AL East, not optimal. And splitting the four-game series against the Guardians in Cleveland. Not awesome either, but Verlander does get his 15th win. Man, he is just pitching out of his mind right now. Out of his absolute freaking mind. It's amazing how well he's been pitching. But the Astros are still one of the best teams in baseball. And because of the Yankees continually sliding... In the last couple of weeks, they're only a half game out of having the best record in Major League Baseball, which would give them home field advantage throughout the American League playoffs, which the Bronx Bombers desperately do not want to see happen. But while baseball has been going on as we've turned the calendar to August and teams are making playoff pushes, NFL training camp is ramped up. Honey Badger back in the fold. Lots of activity about the Saints. And let's head out to the hotline because someone wants to talk about NFL training camp. Chris is on the hotline. Chris, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Hey, I want to ask you, man, what are you hearing about Taysom Hill at tight end? Uh, That's my first question. Are you hearing any good things there? Been hearing some good things, but I also believe, look, I think he can play the tight end position, but he's not built to play it all the time. And I think Dennis Allen and the Saints believe that as well. And remember, a couple weeks ago, D.A. told us, look, he's going to line up at tight end, but we're also going to use him at wide receiver. We're going to use him as a quarterback and everything like that. So he's going to be back to that joker role that he had a few years ago uh, when they were utilizing him to his best abilities and utilizing his skill set. But I do think the primary position that he is going to be playing on the field, Chris, will be lining up at tight end. I just don't – you're not going to see him get 20 snaps a game at tight end. 
right? I, I just don't see that. I don't see that, but I do think primarily he is going to be used as a tight end this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm and uh, you know, I'm. I don't know how big are you into fantasy football. I'm not sure. Are, do you play fantasy football? Yes, sir. Okay, so yeah, uh, part of it too is, I mean, uh, of course, number one is with the Saints, but I, I'm looking at that later on. Another guy I want to touch base with you on, man, uh, Trevor Penning, our, our uh, rookie offensive lineman. So, what's the deal with him? He got kicked out of training camp, or what's the deal with that? Well, he got into a training camp fight, which, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm actually happy about. And I'll explain why. He's a rook, which means the veteran guys are going to go after him, right? They're going to jaw at him. They're going to push him around. They're going to shove him around. They're going to do some rookie hazing. The fact that the rook stood up for himself and was willing to throw down with other guys on the team, I want my offensive linemen to be hogs that got a chip on their shoulder. You don't want a cat to be out there being passive, right? This shows right. me that he's got a mean streak. This show me. This shows me that he's got a chip on his shoulder. Now he still needs to be developed, but I can guarantee you, Dennis Allen and Doug Marone love the fact. I don't care what they say. They love the fact that their rookie offensive lineman is entering camp and participating in drills during camp with a massive chip on his shoulder. You love to see your O lineman play with a mean streak. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean. You know, I, I have we're we're old enough to have visions of Kyle Turley. Yeah. Um, yes. And you know, I just I hope that he's I love I love like you said I love that he brings that nastiness. He has that chip on his shoulder. I know he was kind of a skinnier guy, and then developed into this big old giant. But I really look forward to seeing him. In fact, he's one of the guys uh, I would even consider getting a jersey for, and that's something. But. I do have one more question for you. Um, so in fantasy, I did a little mock draft, and I noticed that quarterbacks seem to be the strong the strong position in this year's uh, draft. There's a lot of guys with upside that are going to fall. So my last question, I'm going to hand up and listen. Who has the most upside this year, Jameis Winston or Tua, uh, Tua Tagovailoa? And uh, y'all have a great day. Thank you. That's a great question. That's a great question. Who is mo- more upside? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually ask that to our in-house fantasy football expert James Mesh because that's what that's what he does. Whew, if both can be healthy, look at the weapons around them. Hey, look, this is gonna be a make-or-break season for Tua. When you add the Cheetah, Tyreek Hill, you already have Waddle. You have all those weapons for him to throw the ball to. There should be no excuse, right? This is going to be the make or break year for Tua as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Jameis, this is going to be kind of a make or break year for him, whether or not he can continue being a franchise quarterback in the NFL. The Saints believe in him, but if he falters, he's going to go to the land of backups for the rest of his career. But you get Michael Thomas back, you got Jarvis Landry, you got Taysom Hill. I think I'd like, I think I like Jameis a little bit more. Because as great as Tyreek Hill is, and he's a monster, is he going to be able to put up the same numbers that he did in Kansas City that he's going to be able to do in Miami? I don't know. But you know what you're going to get out of Mike Thomas. You know what you're going to get out of Jarvis Landry. Plus, Chris Olave is going to be a nice rookie. Taysom Hill. Alvin Kamara. That happened while I was gone as well. The hearing's gotten been pushed back by a couple of months. 
So you're not going to have to worry about Kamara being suspended early in the season. I may like New Orleans' weapons more, so I think I'd lean towards Jameis Winston there. But I will prompt that question to our in-house fantasy football expert, James Mesh, when he arrives fashionably on time, as always. We got to take a timeout. Ran a little late there. That's okay. Got back on the bicycle today. It's going to take a couple of minutes. Sorry, Hannah. Five names. Producer extraordinaire. When we come back, we're going to hear from the New Orleans Saints over the weekend. They took Sunday off, but they did have practice Saturday at training camp. We're going to share that with you. That's coming up next here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. There are some hosts that talk like they know everything, but you don't have to worry about our guy, RP3. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's because he never knows what he's talking about. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Back to the show in the know. RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. New Orleans Saints are preparing for the season as they and so many other teams are taking part in training camp. And, of course, they're holding theirs down in Metairie. They're on Airline Drive at the practice facility. And they've been at it for a couple weeks now. Dennis Allen, the new first-year head coach, former longtime defensive coordinator for the Hoodats, talked about, you know, what his thoughts have been, what his impressions have been about what's going on so far through the first couple of weeks of training camp. Overall thoughts are we still have a long way to go. There's a lot of things that we have to get better at. There's still a ton of evaluation that has to take place. We're making progress, which is a positive. But, man, we, we, we still have a long way to go before we start you know, trying to come up with a real evaluation of exactly who we are getting into this season. But I like the way our guys are competing. So he likes the way the guys are competing which is good. You like to see that, right? That's what you want your coach to say. The guys are getting after it. They're playing with a bit of a chip on your shoulder. Now, you don't want that to get too crazy, as Chris said earlier when he called. You don't want them to go full-on Kyle Turley, ripping off helmets and throwing it down the field, right? You want to scale it back a little bit. But you love to see the competitiveness. Now, a guy that has been a big question mark has been Peyton Turner. He's a young man out of University of Houston a year ago. First-round draft pick, defensive end, defensive tackle. He can play both, inside and out. But he was injured most of last year and really didn't make an impact. Kind of got that Marcus Davenport vibe off of him. Is this guy going to be able to stay healthy and actually play? And But he's healthy. He's taking part in camp. And Dennis Allen talked about what stood out about what he's seen from the second-year pro. Do I see growth? Yes. Is there still a ton of room for improvement? Absolutely. Look, we don't have a lot of conversations about that. I just really want these guys to come in every day and and grind and, and just work. And the results always take care of themselves if you work the right way. Remember back in the draft, people questioned why they took Elante Taylor? The versatile defensive back. Remember, he played quarterback in high school and then was, I want to say, started off his career wide receiver at Tennessee. 
moved over to the defensive secondary, played both corner and safety, and they took him early in the draft in the second round. And people were like, why'd they do that? And I said, because Dennis Allen, this is a Dennis Allen pick. Offensive line men that they took, Trevor Penny, they needed. That's a, that's a need. Taking Chris Olave is a need. Their two first-round picks were team needs. Alante Taylor is the first pick where it was, this is Dennis Allen's pick. He's the longtime defensive coordinator turned head coach. He loves to have versatility on that side of the football. He loves to be able to put guys in different places. And the Rook has been turning heads ever since he signed and ever showed up at the team facility, even before training camp. He's been a standout. And this is what his head coach had to say. I don't want to get into, you know, relative to what we thought or whatever. What I will say is I feel like he's doing a really good job out here. I'm, I'm highly impressed with where he is mentally. I already knew the physical aspect was there. I'm highly impressed with where he's at mentally, and I'm highly impressed with the way he's going out and attacking every single day and competing out here every single day. So I think that's a quality of our football team that you see out here. Our guys are, our guys are practicing hard. Our guys are competing. And that's the only way you get better is to practice with that type of tempo and that type of intensity. So it's been good to see. I said it when they made the pick. That's a Dennis Allen pick. And people are like, he's not going to play. And I said, yeah, he will. You don't draft a guy that high and him not play. Now, he may be a special teamer, but expect Alante Taylor to get more in-game reps than you think he's going to get this year. If he's healthy, expect him to be seen on the field plenty for the 2022 season. One more from Dennis Allen before we have to hit our timeout. Alante Taylor is versatile. Their entire secondary is versatile, whether it's Marcus May or Tyron Matthew or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, a.k.a. C.D. Deuce. You can line up multiple guys in different spots. Dennis Allen, he prides himself on that with his defense. That's not going to change now that he's head coach. And he talked about the level of versatility that his secondary brings to the table. Yeah, I think it's been I think it's been good up to this point. You know, I think there is a lot of versatility in the guys that we've seen. We've seen PJ Williams playing back there. We've seen Marcus May playing back there. We've seen Justin Evans playing back there. You know, obviously JT Gray, Daniel Sorensen, you know, now Tyron Matthews back. Like there's a lot of guys there that bring something to the table. And so it's an interesting competition that we have. And I think all of them have stepped up to the plate to this point. In the modern NFL, I've said this before and I'll say it again, you can't have enough versatile defensive backs. You can't have enough quality DBs. It is a passing first league. It's all about the wide receivers and quarterbacks now. You have to be able to go toe for toe with these offenses. And the best way to do that, yes, getting a pass rush is key. Winning the line of scrimmage is fundamental. That's number one. But you gotta have the dogs back in the secondary to back it up. You gotta have guys that aren't gonna be intimidated by six foot four wide receivers that can run four point three yard, forty yard dashes. I really, really like what the Saints have done with their secondary, how they've revamped it this offseason. Absolutely, they've done a tremendous job. We gotta take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number one when we return. 
We'll give you an update on the poll question of the day. And you know what? You want to get a game hotline phone call in? Give us a ring. 337-706-0111. You listen to RP3 and Company with guest host. Nope, it's the actual host, Raymond Parts III. With the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Poll question of the day as the big, bald, and beautiful one is back in the studios. What was your favorite part of RP3's vacation? Was it the drive through animal safari where we got up close and personal? with the, the animals <clears throat> zebras llamas pretty pretty laid back camel a little aggressive big massive jaw on that thing and the ostrich well ostrich are just gangsters they run the animal safari was a minor league baseball game i did enjoy what you know me i love minor league baseball did i bring home a mini bat to add to my collection of minor league baseball parks i sure did i sure did got to see the nashville sound play there in nashville was it the inner tube water slides i did have a ton of fun on that and yes they did allow me on there i was like are you for sure did they have to give me a little bit of a boost to go down the slide yes <laughs> did they get a workout on that day you sure did i got my money's worth by the way it cost us to go to this park with all these massive swimming pools in the in the tube slides cost us three dollars for our daughter and eight dollars for us yeah that's it. Or was it everything? Right now, 62% of you say everything. 23% say the water slides. 15% say minor league baseball game. No votes for the animal safari. JPK, the OD, says dinner with cousin Eddie is always special. <laughs> he gets my vacation references. All of it but this. Actually saw that on vacation. National Lampoon's vacation was playing one night in a hotel room. Hart says, not having to deal with us misfit listeners for eight days and shared a gif of the Breakfast Club, which I'm sure Five Names has never seen. <laughs> Sean Paul Cajun Daddy says, can't say everything because that would include inner tube water slide. Don't see the big guy being allowed close to the entrance of any water slide. Not only did they let me by the entrance, John Paul, they let me get on the slide, bud. Don says, he went on vacation? Who knew? Joking. Glad you're back, big guy. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming on the poll question of the day on Facebook and Twitter. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm your host. That's right. The big, bald, and beautiful one is back in the building. Fresh, recharged, rejuvenated, if you will, 
from our Great American Road Trip family vacation. Hotline is open. I want to hear from you. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. I want to hear from you. Give me your thoughts. Want to talk New Orleans Saints training camp? We can do that. Want to talk Houston Astros baseball? They lost yesterday. Dropped back-to-back games to the Cleveland Guardians. They split that four-game series. So that's back-to-back series for the Astros where they don't win. They lost two of three to the Boston Red Sox and then split the series with the Cleveland Guardians. Strohs, though, still one of the best teams in baseball. And they've actually made up ground on the New York Yankees who continue to struggle. The Yankees have not had a good go of it of late. Now, all teams do this, though. All of them do this. All of them go through highs and lows, and the Yankees right now are going through a low, if you will, where they're not playing to their potential, where Garrett Cole is getting rocked and shellackled out there. But all that said, you know the Yankees are going to be there. You know, it feels like we're going to be destined for Yankees-Astros American League Championship Series. Because the season's all about ebbs and flows. But if I'm a Yankees fan, it hasn't been great of late. They were a season-high 38 games over 500 back on July 8th. They were 61-23, and and they were the clear-cut best team in baseball. Without a doubt. At that time. Since then, they are 9-16. and 16. Month of July was not kind to the Yankees. In 70-39 and 39 overall. They get swept by the St. Louis Cardinals over the weekend. The Yankees have now lost a season-high five straight and have been swept in a three-game series for the first time this season. And that follows the Mariners taking two or three from them as well. Cardinals are a good team. Cardinals are atop the National League Central Division. But the Yankees are eh, a little shaky right now. But once again, it's August. Still got plenty of season left. All of August, most of September, before the playoffs begin. And despite playing well below 500 the last three weeks plus, Yankees are still one of the best teams in baseball. So that hasn't changed. Has not changed at all. Something else happens. I'm not for sure how much we dove into it while I was gone. Jonathan Lucroy officially retired. He did so as a member of the Milwaukee Brewers. They signed into one of those one-day contracts. And they got to have a little bit of a ceremony and everything. They're going to add him to the wall of honor there in Milwaukee. Of course, Luke Roy played for the late, great Tony Robichaux. Was a great Louisiana Raging Cajun player. And very well could find himself in the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Guy was awesome. Was a great, 
catcher, and he had a very good pro career. I mean, when it all said and done, it, you know, petered out a little bit at the end, as it does for most. But this is a guy that played 12, le- 12 years in the big leagues. 12. Most guys that play in college, most guys that play for the Raging Cajuns need even make it to the big leagues. Luke Roy played 12 seasons in the, in the show, mostly for the Brewers, but also played for the Rangers, Rockies, Athletics, Angels, Cubs, Red Sox, Nationals, and Braves. At the end, things started, you know, becoming wherever he can hang on to. Hit 274 for his career, 108 home runs, 548 ribbies. Was twice an all-star both of those years with the Brewers, where he spent the first six or seven years of his career, his professional career. And will be added to the Milwaukee Brewers Wall of Honor. Also helped Team USA win the gold medal at the World Baseball Classic in 2017. So, great career. Things shifted down later in his career, obviously. But still, third-round pick out of UL by the Brewers. It made his all the way, made his way all the way up and became a two-time All-Star. And got to play in the show for a dozen years. Nothing wrong with that. And look, his body just started breaking down on him and it, it was it was time. It was time for him to step away. It was time for Jonathan to say enough is enough. You got to respect the man's decision. But a great career. Great college player and had a great pro career as well. Oh, let's head out to the hotline. Is this, is it Mr. Green? And I say Mr. Green because school begins this week. Meet and greet with teachers is tomorrow night, by the way, at Grand Coteau Elementary from 4 to 5.30, in case you needed a reminder. RP3 will be in the building as I get to meet my daughter's new teachers. And then she gets to go to school for a full day on Friday. Half the class, half the school goes on Thursday. The other half goes on Friday. And then it's a full week of being back in school next week. We did our school shopping. Wrapped that up yesterday, by the way. Got everything we needed. Knocked that out once I got back into town. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on Jamie, a.k.a. Mr. Green. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Third. How are you? How was your vacation? Glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back, bud. My vacation was phenomenal. Got to see friends and family. Got to have the Griswold Great American Road Trip vacation. So I can't complain, brother. Now, did you go in an RV or did you go in like a car or something? Oh, man, if I would have had the state, I, I, I use the modern grocery getter because, you know, they don't make station wagons anymore. <laughs> so uh, the modern grocery getter is the SUV, the compact SUV. So we took the SUV, man, and we drove up to Tennessee and then went over to Indiana and Illinois and uh, made some stops along the way in Missouri and, and Mississippi as well. So, yeah, we we drove, man, a little bit more than 4,000 miles, I do believe. Jeez, man, that's crazy. And you got a big old, you got a big, big girl third grader now, huh? Oh, she's ready, man. She's ready. She's ready. Yeah, <laughs> she's all about about to be in third grade. 
so she's she's ready to go she's a little nervous because she you know she's excited to meet her new teachers and everything but yeah man third grade already bro that's crazy i got a kindergartner starting up and one going to early head start they just growing up too fast it's like can y'all please stop but then you you think about it i'm 40 plus that dude chasing after these little kids i yeah, maybe, maybe. Anyway, so uh, anyway, I wanted to go in on, on baseball, and uh, I tell you what, Verlander has been absolutely untouchable. He has looked so good this season, and the Astros have looked really good too. Um, but you know, you, you had a guy who calls who's uh or used to call I guess Boston fan, and uh, man, Boston still not doing so good, but neither are the Yankees, right? But my question is this. Didn't mean to get off topic. My question is this. If uh, if we had to choose right here, right now, who is going to uh, who's going to be going to the World Series? Who would you choose and why? And I'll, I'll, I'll give you mine and then I'll hang up and listen. If I was choosing right now, I would say that it's going to be uh, the Brewers and the Mariners. Here's why. The Mariners are on a tear right now. I don't want to face them. I don't think anybody wants to face them. And the Brewers are just too good not to have a good uh, stretch here at the end of the season. I think they'll be able to, to bat their way in. So I just wanted to run that by. Again, welcome back. Glad to have you back, and uh, I'll hang up and listen. Jamie, Mr. Green, appreciate the phone call, brother. Enjoy your day, bud. All right, so I'll tackle that. Let's start in the National League. It feels like it's the Mets' year. It, it, it just does. They have the two best starting pitchers in a rotation in baseball. Pitching matters for the postseason. Your big question mark about the Mets is, can they handle it? They should have made a run last year. They didn't. Because they crumbled. Have they learned their lesson? Are they mentally tougher now? But it does feel like we've seen in recent years the Braves, the Nationals go on and win the World Series out of the National League East. Is this the Mets' year to do that? I don't know. The way they've played against Atlanta the last week or so sure does tell me that they may be ready. And now they got a healthy Jacob DeGrom and... Scherzer, that one-two combination, no one in baseball can can go with it. The Astros come close, but that's it. If I had to make a prediction today, August the 8th, I think you're going to see a Los Angeles Dodgers versus New York Mets National League Championship Series. And I put the Dodgers in there, even with Kershaw going to the IL, which happened over the weekend. They have the experience, the Dodgers do. They have the experience of winning a World Series, this core group. They have the experience of all the playoffs that they've had. They have a veteran skipper. They've been there. They've done that. And their expectation is to get back there again. Now, who would win that series? I think I'd lean the Dodgers. I hate to say it. But if you're asking me right now on August 8th, National League, I think you're going to see an NLCS between the Dodgers and the Mets. And I'd lean Dodgers winning that series probably in six. Over, and look, I like Milwaukee, Jamie. 
Milwaukee gets in their own way every postseason? Can the Brewers finally get over the hump and get out of their own heads and actually make the run because they have the talent, they have the potential, they just never realize it when it comes postseason time. In St. Louis, I like but don't love. The Braves, you know I'm a diehard fan of Atlanta. I love my Braves, but I don't like them this year. I think they could maybe win a playoff series, making a deep run, I don't know. But as it stands this morning, Dodgers, Mets, and the NLCS. Over in the American League, the Mariners are going to be a very dangerous team. They just are. But I like Houston, and and, and this is why. There's no team in baseball that has as much experience of big-game postseason experience than the Astros do. Mariners have to figure out how to win come the postseason. And for a lot of teams, that first year where they kind of break through and get into the playoffs, they exert so much energy, not only physical but emotional energy, to do that that they don't have enough left in the tank to make a run in the postseason. They learn how to do that by getting to the playoffs that first year. Do I think the Mariners are a year or two away? Yes. They keep building like they're building? Yes. They're going to be a thorn in the side of anyone in the American League for years to come. If they continue building and stay healthy, there's a lot of ifs, obviously. And as much as the Yankees have looked vulnerable... It just seems like we're on a collision course for Yankees, Astros, ALCS. Now, if I'm the Yankees, I don't want to face the Mariners. I don't think the Astros want to face the Mariners either. The the Mariners are going to be the team that everyone's going to try to avoid once the American League playoffs begin. But the Yankees, and the one thing holding back the Yankees, do you trust their skipper? And I don't. I don't trust Aaron Boone. I don't trust him to make the right decisions at the right time. Could they, would it stun anyone if the Yankees lost and say the divisional round? No. And would it stun you if Aaron Boone made bad decisions in game? No. That hasn't changed. No matter how vaunted that lineup is, no matter how great they at times pitch, you still have the big question mark, and it's about their skipper. Yeah, that's not great. But I think the Mariners present the biggest danger to any team in the American League. But I still like Strohs versus Yankees. As it stands right now on August 8th, it sure does feel like... Sure does feel like we're headed towards an Astros-Dodgers World Series. Oof. Not thrilled about that. And yes, the Mariners do have Castillo, which was a great move by them. They were aggressive at the tread deadline. They said, we're not, no, hey, boom, we're getting after it, which you love to see. I think the Mariners are the biggest threat. They're the most dangerous team that's going to be in the bracket. And everyone's going to try to avoid them if they can. But the Mariners haven't been here. This group of guys have not been there. Can they handle the pressure of October baseball? It's a different thing. It's a different thing. We see great teams all the time make the postseason and then wilt under the pressure. You're going to find out a lot 
about this young group up in the Emerald City. Good phone call. Got some baseball talk in there. Yes! We got to take a timeout. We'll update the poll question today. We'll keep taking your phone calls. We're about 12 minutes away from talking to Jeff Palermo from Tiger Rag Radio, talking all things LSU. But we'll squeeze in a couple more phone calls before then. Game hotline is open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Uh, Are you sick and tired of that constant pain in your knees or hips or back, especially this time of year? You need to be moving pain-free, right? Hey, it's your friend, RP3, Raymond Parch III, for the team at QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is helping people here every day, giving them lasting pain relief using the latest advances in regenerative medicine. The science is simple. They concentrate your own body's healing agents and apply them to your aching joints, restoring and repairing damaged tissue. No drugs, no steroids, and guess what? No surgery. Listen, the old remedies for pain are not the only remedies. You need to learn more about how regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can change your life. Make this last summer you suffer from chronic pain. They've got clinics here and all over America. This is an exciting new natural way to deal with joint pain with no side effects and no downtime. Call QC Kinetics right now for a free consultation. 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. What was the best part of my vacation? Yes. Was it going to the Animal Safari Park there in North Mississippi and having aggressive ostriches peck at the windows and try to bum rush all the other animals to get feed from our car? Also, water buffalo wrapped its tongue around my wife's hand and caused a great ew moment for everyone in the car. Was it the Animal Safari? which was a ton of fun, by the way, was it attending a minor league baseball game? Got the wife and kid to go to one for the first time ever? That's right. Saw the Nashville sound. Well, they lost the game. But great ballpark there in Nashville, AAA affiliate. The wife, she was a champ. She survived her first baseball game. She's not a baseball person even though she played softball growing up and in, in, in high school, does not care for it. She's like, nah, no. Was it inner tube water slides? Oh, let me tell you. Went to this park that had water slides in Indiana. My daughter went on the inner tube water slide about 20 times. I did it about 10. <laughs> and I had a blast. Coming down that thing. 
Summertime. There was one time in particular I came down, and I came down the wrong way. And I had turned just ever so slightly where I was coming down sideways in the inner tube. And when I came down, I came down at an angle, and I just hit the water like a just a boulder. <laughs> it just stopped. Stand still. Water wave. It was a good time. We had a good time. Or was it everything? Right now, 44% of you say everything. 28% of you say inner tube water slides. 17% say minor league baseball game. And 11% of you say the drive through animal safari. Ralph makes his presence known. Ralph Bergeron was sharing a gif of a lion jumping into an animal safari car. And then sharing one of a guy looking scared out of his mind going down a water slide. Let me tell you something. The, the the inner tube one, great fun. The tube one that had the cap on it that you couldn't see out of, not as much fun. <laughs> but but I did it. But I did it. Then Ralph also shared a gift of a mascot at a minor league baseball game tackling someone. Yes. Love minor league baseball. How could you not love the minor league baseball. How could you not? Hart has came in with a question. I'm here for it. He says, good morning, Ray. Glad to have you back. Thank you, bud. Glad to be back. I know the team said they weren't willing to trade them, but if Josh Jacobs or Kareem Hunt should come available, do you make that trade as the Saints? And if so, what would be a fair trade for either? Also curious on your thoughts of Chauncey's contract extension details. Great show as always. Thank you, bud. Appreciate the compliment. Look, Kareem Hunt's already said he wants to be traded. Jacobs has said he wants to be traded. Both teams have said no. Cleveland is a bit of a mess. And Hunt's on the last year of his deal. If I'm the Saints, look, I firmly believe the Saints believe wholeheartedly that they have their number three running back on the roster. That's the young man out of Baylor that was an undrafted rookie free agent that they signed to a quarter of a million guaranteed contract. I firmly believe that. But they have kicked the tires a ton on veteran running backs this offseason, haven't they? Lots of guys have been brought in for interviews. Lots of guys have been brought in for workouts. None of those guys have been signed. That tells me that they're still looking to add depth. That tells me that they are worried about Alvin Kamara's looming suspension whenever that hearing gets to actually be had in Las Vegas involving Alvin Kamara and his altercation with basically pummeling someone during Pro Bowl weekend. But the Saints aren't going to over-trade for one of these guys. Kareem Hunt's in the last year of his deal. I don't know the, the contract details of Jacobs, the former Alabama star who's with the Las Vegas Raiders. But I could see them making an offer saying, hey, we'll give you a fourth-round pick, fourth or fifth-round pick. Because Hunt wants out, and then it's the last year of his deal. So his trade value is really not all that much. But I do not see the Saints overpaying for any of these guys. There's a reason why they didn't go berserk in the offseason with running backs. They signed an undrafted rookie, and they've tried to kick the tires on guys that are, let's be honest, a little bit washed up. 
they're not wanting to spend a lot of money, so I would not expect them to actually trade something for them. As for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's contract, look, you have to lock that guy up. We know that, right? He's a great pest. He's a great player. He fits what they do so well. And you think you want him to be part of what you're going to do. Now, he's limiting his practice activity of late, dealing with a family matter. He seeks a new contract or seeking a new contract. I don't think it's officially been done, right? The contract has not been official yet. But you got to be able to lock him up. He, he's a key piece. And he's a versatile defensive back. And he gets under other players' skin over and over again. Wide receivers, quarterbacks. You want that guy on your team. You need to lock him up. We'll see when that becomes official. All reports that I'm seeing or what I'm hearing is that it's going to be a done deal, right? That they're going to lock him up. They're going to make that happen. But we'll ask our guy, John J. Hendricks from Sports Illustrated, who covers the New Orleans Saints. He'll join us at 8.30 this morning for the Big Easy Blitz. We'll ask him an update about the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson contract situation. And we'll get that information to you, Hart. Not a problem. Right now, though, got to take a timeout. When we return... Jeff Palermo, our old friend, will be joining us from Tiger Rag Radio. We're going to talk all things LSU camp in full force for the Purple and Gold. We'll dive into that. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. Two, four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues, fellas. That's right. I know money's tight. School supplies, back to school shopping. I just had that over the weekend. Vacation. The cost can pile up. But that doesn't mean that you can't still take your lady out for a great night out on the town. But you have to become a member of our clubhouse to make that happen. That's right. Once you become a member, you're going to have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou. You can also score yourself a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. You can win all three of those, but you can only do so 
by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. That way we can help you with your date night blues. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. What was the favorite part of my vacation? Was it the drive through animal safari where ostriches got a little angry and a water buffalo got a little up close and personal? Was it water slides, which they actually allowed me to go down despite being the big, bald, and beautiful one? Had a ton of fun there. Was it minor league baseball? You know I love minor league baseball. Got to catch a game in Nashville. Or was it everything? Go vote. Leave your comments, your gifts, your memes on Facebook and Twitter. Right now, though, it's time for us to welcome on our first guest of the day. He's the news and sports director for the Louisiana Radio Network. He's also co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. It's our friend Jeff Palermo joins us now. Jeff, good morning to you, bud. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Raymond. Doing well. Sounds like you had a great vacation. I did. I, I did. We did our best uh, Griswold family road trip, my friend. And There you go. Uh, but unfortunately, not as many shenanigans, and there was no Christy Brinkley appearance. So, but <laughs> No gotta... swimming waitresses? <laughs> no, no, no. But it, it was so funny. We were on the road trip, and my, and my wife and daughter are asleep, and I'm flipping through the channels in one of the hotel rooms, and it pops on. And the scene where he's in the pool and he gets so loud that he wakes up, everyone comes on. And I just yeah. I started laughing yeah. so much that my wife started to wake up. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just couldn't, couldn't help myself. Um, all right, bud. Uh, what can you tell us? What's the latest with Brian Kelly, Camp, and the LSU Tigers? Well, uh, obviously the quarterback competition is on. Uh, I think it's kind of a feeling out process here in the first week. And then, Maybe kind of move in and in week two and really try to put these guys in some uh, situations to see how they respond, run some plays that might benefit them, and then kind of figure it out, uh, hopefully, or get a better idea really after two weeks. Uh, Kayshawn Butte, man, he, um, he looks good. Uh, it's great to see. Here's a guy that had two surgeries. Uh, Coach Brian Kelly called him committed. Uh, Kayshawn Butte said, yeah, I thought about transferring, but, you know, after talking with coach Brian Kelly and the staff, uh, I feel comfortable and I, I, I kind of get, I understand, um, why he may have, and I think, uh, I think uh, uh, this is what happens with a lot of these kids is that you have a, a coaching staff that really believes in you, recruits in you. And then the next day they're gone. I think for some of these guys, it's just, a situation like okay, um, well, you know, it's just a lot of uncertainty, and then uncertainty makes you start thinking about whether there may be another place for you to go. But in the end, uh, Kayshawn's here, and um, I think you're also obviously trying to sort some things out from the offensive line. We'll get to hear from offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock today, so that should be good. We'll get his, uh, obviously, his thoughts on the quarterback position and the offensive line. And, you know, it's just, um, you know, really just three practices in the book at this point. So very difficult uh, to, you know, really gauge exactly what, uh, and really only one practice that's uh, been open to the media at this point. So, or at least a portion of it anyways. So, uh, yeah, just 
guys running around in, in shorts and jerseys and helmets, but uh, it's nice to see them. And so far, everything seems to be uh, going as it should over at LSU. Let's focus on the quarterbacks because we spent so yeah. much time talking about Miles Brennan and talking about the Arizona State transfer, battling it out. You know, both of them have playing experience. Both of them are upperclassmen. It makes a lot of sense that Brian Kelly would want to use those guys as bridge quarterbacks. Are we not talking enough about Nussmeyer possibly not only competing but winning this job and being the starting quarterback for Brian Kelly? I certainly think Garrett Nussmeyer is in the conversation. I think he's actually more in the conversation. I think he's he's certainly battling it out. And there's – you know, with these three guys, Nussmeyer, Miles Brennan, and then Jane and Daniels, I think you can make a case for each one of them to be the starting quarterback. I, I think you look at Miles Brennan as probably more of the the sure thing. You've seen him compete in SEC games. He's he's put up at least in the two games that he had an opportunity to start. Uh, he put up some big numbers. Uh, he's the guy that's been around here the longest. Uh, seems more of a probably a, a guy that uh, a lot of the other players kind of look towards. Uh, but then you have Jaden Daniels and what he's able to do, uh, both throwing and running the quarterback, and it opens up your playbook more when you when you get his athleticism in there. And then you got a guy in uh, Garrett Nussmeyer who, you know, Brian Kelly's got all the job security in the world when it comes to being a college football coach. He's got a 10-year contract. I mean, I, I think if Nussmeyer performed very well, what would stop Brian Kelly from saying, you know what, uh, why don't I go with Garrett Nussmeyer now? You know, I'm, I'm here for a while. Let, let me try to build this program around him while he's got a couple years of eligibility. I mean, he's got basically, you know, unless he really just took off, you know, he, he's two years from being draft eligible, which that would – mean he plays very well if he's you know leaving after his uh redshirt sophomore season um so you you may have you have probably in the back of your mind you know you got three years with this guy why don't i why don't i just start him now and you know just kind of build things around him and this this is going to be my guy here um so a lot of choices i still think it comes down to you know miles brennan i think it's you know unless we as we get an opportunity to watch practice and we have a couple scrimmages and there's the numbers just don't look good for him and other guys are the other two guys are really outperforming him. I have a, I think it's going to be miles Brennan. And that's really, I think for most people who are covering the program, that's the, the safe pick. But again, he can make an argument for uh, each one of the three guys to be your starting quarterback. Walker Howard obviously is probably going to be redshirted this year, right, as they work on having him be the future quarterback of the program? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, and I, I think the, the Howard family kind of understands that. And in a way, you know, Walker Howard is kind of used to the situation, right? I mean, he when he was at St. Thomas More, he was playing behind Caleb Holstein, and there's no doubt that if, especially when Walker Howard was a sophomore at STM, if he was a quarterback at, you know, probably 95% of the other high schools in the state, he would have been starting as a sophomore. So he had to 
wait his chance at St. Thomas More, and I think um, I think he is um, he, he's fine with doing that again here, um, and just waiting his time out. I, I think he he knew the situation uh, that he probably wouldn't be the guy his first year, and you know it, it also helps that. You know his dad, Jamie Howard. I think he understands it, and so yeah, I think I think everybody is is on the same page there. That uh, now, uh, I mean Raymond. I mean, there's always the possibility that he comes in and just really wows the coaching staff. I mean, I guess there's always that chance, and that it, it puts himself certainly in the conversation. But um, I don't think anybody's really expecting that to occur. Jeff, let's go over to wide receiver. You talked about Kayshawn Butte now looking healthy, looking good early in camp, the former Westgate High Star and the all-conference record-setting wide receiver. But Jack Besh is going to be moved over to wide receiver now. He's not going to, no longer going to be in that hybrid role. Uh, you saw some flashes from another fellow Acadiana High, uh, Acadiana Area Star in Malik Neighbors, former Como High Star. What do you make of the wide receiving core? How do you think it's going to shake out behind Kayshawn as the number one? Well, and you, you can't forget about, I think he sometimes do, uh, just because he, he's, um, you know, he's not a, a, a prolific wide receiver, but I, I don't think you can, you can also forget about Jeray Jenkins. I mean, he, he's a guy that's, that's still around, uh, has been kind of a, has been a very consistent player for you. And I think, He's certainly someone that's uh, in that uh, in that discussion as well. But uh, I, I think you got a lot of interesting prospects. Uh, how, you know, Kyron Lacey, I think, is another guy that you you throw him in the mix on this as well. You know, where you know how does he fit in? Is he going to need a, a another year as far as kind of a transitional? But I think out of the Malik neighbors, the Brian Thomas and the Chris Hilton, you know, those three guys in particular, which one really kind of breaks out this season. I I think Brian Thomas is probably, you know, he's got the tools to be really good before it's his time is done at LSU. I mean, you're talking a guy who is six foot four, he's 200 pounds. He's, he's an athletic player guy that could have, um, you know, he's got great jumping ability soft hands the guy's just a a football player and you get him the ball in space he can make some things happen to me he's got really the potential to to you know once Kayshawn moves on Malik Neighbors I think you would think would be his guy but then you know you got Hilton who's got a lot of speed and I thought you know for Malik Neighbors not to have you know a senior season of for him in high school, for him to, you know, do what he was able to do at least uh, a little bit in his freshman season, I, I think that uh, that bodes well. That this kid's a, a really good player, and for a kid again who didn't play his senior year in high school because of some, you know, eligibility issues when it came to transferring from uh, Como, out of Como High School. I, I mean, I think the kid is. You know, he's. Uh, I, I think he's just a. He's, he's got a good head on his shoulders and. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he continues to make even more of an impact this season. We'll get you out of here with this, Jeff. They announced who's going to wear number 18. Any surprises by you? And what do you make of the decision by Brian Kelly? I like the fact that it's just one guy. I didn't really 
you know, I, I know it's it's not the biggest. There's a lot of bigger issues out in the world, but I didn't really like the idea when they would give it to two guys and stuff like that. I think it's it should just be you know one guy that that gets it. But uh, you know, this is a guy that um, certainly uh, you know he he was obviously a good representative for the Southeastern Conference or for LSU at the SEC media days. Uh, this is a guy that's um, been uh, someone out in the community. He's been a team leader. Um, I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, heck, the guy's a, a grandson of a of a Nigerian prince. So he, I mean, he's got a little bit of royalty to him as well. So uh, yeah, I think this was a this was a good pick, um, no doubt about it. Um, and so again, I. I I think the biggest thing I came from it is like, okay, at least you're, let's just go with, let's just go with one guy, and this guy should have a a huge season this year on the field, and I'm sure he'll continue to keep up his good work off the field. Jeff, appreciate your time as always, brother. Enjoy Tiger Rag Radio this week, my friend. We'll talk to you next Monday, bud. All right, sounds good, Raymond. Thanks. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number two, update that poll question of the day. That's all coming up next right here on RP3 and Company. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Poll question of the day. Let's look at it. We asked you, what is the favorite part of my vacation? What was the favorite part? Was it going down the water slides in Tiki Tubes? Inner tubing on the slides at the water park, which I did about 10 times, maybe more. Was it attending a minor league baseball game? You know I love baseball. Any chance I get. Also, in addition... Didn't leave, I didn't have this on here. In addition of going to a minor league baseball game in Nashville, I also went and we got a tour of the field where they filmed the majority of a league of their own. Yeah, the classic baseball movie starring Tom Hanks and Gina Davis. That was really cool. Got major minor league baseball. Got water park with the inner tube slides. Also, the animal safari, where the animals got a little up close and personal with us. Or was it everything? Right now, 42% of you say everything. 26% say inner tube water slides. 21% say minor league baseball. And 11% say the drive through animal safari. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments, your gifts, your memes on Facebook and Twitter. Hour number two in the books, but not to worry. More baseball talk coming up to kick off hour number three. Brett Chancey from the Locked On Astros podcast will join us. We're going to talk all things Astros. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. 
welcome back to RP3 and Company with your guest host, Raymond. <laughs> nope, it's me of the real deal. The big, bald, and beautiful one. Rejuvenated, recharged, refreshed from vacation. How many R words can I say in one opening segment? I don't know. We'll find out. I'm back. Am I better than ever? You'll have to wait to find out. But am back from vacation. Hour number three now has arrived. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. What do you believe the best part of my vacation was? Was it going to the water park and taking part in the inner tube slide? Was it attending a minor league baseball game? Was it going through the drive through animal safari? And having llamas surround our car where we had to have it stay and park for a good five minutes. And ostriches are mean, by the way. Okay, you're wondering. Those are your options. Or was it everything? Got to spend time with family, friends. Did our best great American Griswold family vacation. Just without Christy Brinkley. Go vote. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Right now, though, it's time for us to talk Houston Astros baseball. They dropped another game yesterday. Split the series with the Cleveland Guardians, 2-2. That follows dropping 2-3 of three to the Boston Red Sox. In spite of all that, the Astros find themselves only a half game behind the Yankees for the best record in the American League, which would give them home field advantage throughout the postseason. To break it all down for us with the latest with the Houston Astros is our friend from the Locked On Astros podcast, Brett Chancey joins us now. Brett, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? Hey, good morning, man. I'm I'm excellent. You know, I'm having my coffee. I get to talk Astros baseball with RP3. So, I mean, what isn't good about Monday morning? I appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you making the time, bud. And I know you've already spoken on this. But I was out on vacation, so I want to get your thoughts, first of all, on the moves the Astros made at the trade deadline. They made three big, significant moves. Uh, Rank them for us and give us your thoughts on the moves they made before the trade deadline. Well, I think the Trey Mancini trade was was an A-plus for the organization because not only the type of player he is, not just his history and his background, but going forward, he's a very affordable all-star caliber first baseman and with Yuli looking like he's on a major decline this year Mancini is the perfect guy to slide in there you don't have to try to bring up two or three different minor leaguers who haven't proved themselves so I give that an A plus Christian Vasquez I give that an A plus as well just because you solidified a catching position that has been very um, that has been very tough on Maldonado because he's caught so many games he his defense has has declined. His hitting has declined. As of late, he's been he's been on fire. But you need an experienced catcher to have a successful playoff run. Castro is out. He's done. I believe he's probably going to retire at the end of the season. So that was a great move. And then the Will Smith. You know, I don't. I I give that a B or a C. You don't know if if they can. now Will Smith spun a lot of breaking pitches and he flipped the ratio of sliders to fastballs and that's what he was getting crushed on this year. But prior to this year, he's been nails. He got two saves in the World Series against the Astros last year. 
He had 37 saves last year. So if there's any team that can fix him, it's the Astros. I would say that trade could be an A and, and, and could be one of their best, um, like, like under-the-radar trades if they, um, if they turn him around. You don't really lose anything with him by getting rid of Odorizzi's contract, which I thought was a smart move for the Astros. And so I think overall, James Click did phenomenal. And although they didn't go out and get another bat like everybody wanted, um, I think they did excellent. And I think it's exactly what they needed. They addressed their needs. And let's go get that World Series title. So they addressed their needs, bullpen, catcher, and at first base. They get some bats. They get some relief pitching. They give up Jake, but not too terrible of a deal for them because they have an abundance of starting pitching as it is. Lance McCullers Jr., once he's fully healthy and rejoins the team in full capacity, where do we expect him to be in the rotation and do we expect them to be limitations on him during the regular season? You know, I would think after going five innings yesterday, he did give up uh, seven hits, five runs, but you're not really looking for what a player or a pitcher actually does in the rehab start. What you, in other words, you don't look at the results like on the stat line. Correct. You look at the shape of his pitches. You look at the the, the arm fatigue. He pitched up to 82 pitches, I think, last night. He said he felt good. He said, "I want to be playing with the Astros. I love the Space Cowboys organization. They've got you know." He gave everybody compliments. He wants to be back. I remember two years ago when we interviewed him before spring training, we asked him who should be the opening day starter. Of course, he said he should be because that's the kind of pitcher he is. So Lance will want to be, he'll want to be that starting role, but you may not be able to get him built up to that. His velo tends to drop the further he goes into the game, and he hasn't really gone that far. Or a, I mean, you know, 82 pitches is significant for Lance. I mean, that's like a milestone. It's like Eric said on the show last night, um, you have these you have these flag markers that you're trying to reach, and, and, and each marker is is another step back. I honestly would love for them to find a way to get Lance to be comfortable with doing a back end of the bullpen or long reliever role for this year for the playoffs, and then get him ramped up to be a part of the permanent rotation next year when he's really fully recovered away from this. I think Lance's tools play very nicely as a relief pitcher, and that even helped us in 2017 when we won our only title. Well, that being said, now that you've moved on from Jake Odorizzi, what does the rotation look like for the remainder of the season and heading into the postseason if you don't think Lance is going to be one of those frontline starters? Right. Well, I mean, I think right now um, it's easily Justin Verlander, the first 15-game winner. You've got Framber Valdez, who is would be an ace on most rosters, um, starting five. And then you've got, I think, Christian Javier right now slots in as your third. Again, if Lance comes, comes back and he's fully able, you can put him in there. Or you could even piggyback him with Luis Garcia. But I think um, Garcia has been a little up and down. Um, he hasn't been as convincing as he was last year. But um, Luis Garcia still got he still got some good stuff. Um, I mean, what 
what Justin Verlander is doing and to anchor this bullpen, I mean, he is basically pitching up innings to invoke his player option. <laughs> and so I think you're going to see a Justin Verlander unlike we've ever seen him. And you're going to see him get some postseason success because he struggled in the postseason where they struggled to give him runs. But I think you've got your one through four. Again, Lance is going to have to do a lot of moving forward and, and getting more acclimated to that starting role for him to, I think, bump a Garcia or Christian Javier. This is what's interesting about Christian Javier. The guy is 6-7, and seven, but he has 132 strikeouts, 100 innings pitched. And had he gotten run support in, in like half of his starts, he would be in double-digit wins. He would be up there in the Cy Young candidacy. We're talking with Brett Chancey of the Locked On Astros podcast. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. How concerned are you about Michael Brantley Jr. and the fact that James Click can't give us any information on when he may even be able to return? I think this is a, I think this is a foreshadowing of what is inevitable. I just, in my mind, and I'm not a doctor. I haven't talked to any quote unquote sources on this. But I, I'm, I'm not convinced at all that Michael Brantley is going to play another inning in a Nationals uniform this season. And I don't know that he even resigns. He may even retire. Like this, His demeanor and who he is, I, I just don't see things happening. Because if he's made literally no progress, he's not moved forward any on his shoulder, I mean, they they said yesterday we're not gonna do we're not gonna put him in games to the detriment of the player. Like we're not gonna ruin whatever career he has left. I just I I I do not anticipate. I would be shocked if Michael Brantley played a single inning in 2022. And going forward, I don't I don't know that he resigns. He may retire. Brantley's the kind of guy that you want to keep around. Like, and I'm not saying he's done, but if he is done. Gosh, can't this guy be one of our one of our hitting coaches? You know, I think Centron is moving on to one of the uh, leagues in the in the islands or something, and so he would be a perfect guy to bring on. I just don't think, as much as we love Brantley, as much uh, as much as we love Doctor Smooth or Uncle Mike, whatever you want to call him, I just I would not, as a fan, expect him to play. Now, if he does, that's an added bonus cherry on top. But I, I just don't see it. With that said, no Brantley, and Yuli Gurriel has yet to return to form, and Bregman is still kind of struggling. So who needs to step up to fill that void moving forward because Brantley's always been a dependable bat, uh, whether it's in the regular season or the postseason? Well, I think you've got Alemis Diaz, who has been phenomenal at the plate. Um, you give him more chances of starting left field. You put Mancini out in left field when you are in town. If you don't want, if you don't want Yuli sitting, um, you let Yuli DH. You you keep Yuli. He seems to be hitting a lot better in that two hole with with a lot of protection around him. Um, he's not your home run guy. He never really was, but he used to hit for more power. He's more of your singles, doubles, get on base contact guy now. Um, and if if, if he can heat up, if Bregman can heat up and stay hot, Bregman has been hitting the ball better overall since the All-Star break. Bregman is a grinder, and I just think that we will – I'm anticipating or I'm, I'm hoping that Bregman has his best postseason that he's ever had. If someone like Bregman steps up, Altuve's your constant – 
Um, Jordan Alvarez is also your constant. Kyle Tucker is, has been very up and down. You know, he's he. I think it's key for someone other than Alvarez and Altuve, and I think it's going to be someone like Mancini. I think it's going to be someone like Alebnis Diaz. I think it's going to be someone like Mauricio Dubon, who doesn't strike out a lot. Um, because Myers is clearly struggling, Bregman's struggling, Yuli. So to step up, it's got to be a Kyle Tucker. It's got to be someone other than Alvarez or Altuve. But I think they've got the tools. I'm not worried. The Astros since June 30th are 23-13. and 13. The Yankees since June 30th are 14-19. and 19. And the Yankees just lost five in a row. Um, so where we've lost two of four to the Indians, the Yankees literally got got shut out and wiped out by the Cardinals in three straight games. So I think the Astros are fine. The Astros played extremely well against the Yankees this season. It seemed like for the longest time that was a matchup for an ALCS between those two powers, and now the Astros have cut into the Yankees' lead for home field advantage down to half a game. From an outsider's perspective, what's wrong with the Yankees the last three weeks or so? Oh, it's their bullpen. I mean, they Boone uses his bullpen to a fault. And and if you just if if you're active on Twitter and you just search like Yankees and and, and watch Yankees fans' reactions and these people that have been watching the Yankees their whole life, they'll, they'll even tell you. And, I mean, it's in the statistics. The, the ERA for their pitchers has ballooned. Their, their key guys that have been their, like, stalwarts, the guy that have really been holding the line. Because literally the only person that's really doing a lot of damage is Aaron Judge. He's got, like, 13 home runs since the All-Star break. I kind of question that. But um, I'm always skeptical when it comes to the Yankees. Their pitching is just not performing. And Montas and his first start as a Yankee got absolutely shelled. I don't think that was a great move for them. Jordan Montgomery, who they traded to the Cardinals, completely, I think almost completely shut them out. I, he, he may have given up one or two runs. The Yankees' problem is they didn't necessarily get better at the trade deadline. I don't think they addressed their needs. They really needed someone like Castillo to battle against the Astros. I just, and let me tell you this, people need to be on the look for Minnesota. Minnesota made some Braves-type moves at the trade deadline. Remember the, what the Braves did last year, and those four players weren't even frontline players, and it, it pushed them to a World Series title against the Astros. The Twins, if they end up facing the Yankees in the second round, which I kind of hope they do, they might take out the Yankees. The Twins are kind of become my sleeper in the AL. So I think the Astros – Toe the line, keep doing what they're doing. Eventually you'll see them get home field advantage. But my question to the listener is, has home field advantage worked out for the Astros in the playoffs? And it, it, it has not, but I think this is a different team too. That was going to lead me to my final question. Does this year's Astros team, the way they're constructed, do they need home field advantage or is it really irrelevant to them? I mean, I'm looking at their record right now. They're 36 and 23 on the road, and they're 34 and 17 at home. So, they have a winning record on the, you know, on the road. Where all the other teams, the Yankees are the only other team that has an away record that's a winning record, 29 and 24. Everybody else, well, actually, there's one other team, Seattle. 
but we played Seattle well. I think everybody that has a good home record, we played well against them. This team, I honestly, I wouldn't mind if they didn't have ultimately home field advantage for the ALCS because right now if they went to the World Series against the Dodgers, the Dodgers have 75 wins. The Dodgers would have home field advantage. This roster, the way it's built, if everybody's firing on their own on the, offensively, our pitchers are fine. You know what's funny? We scored one run in two games, and our starting pitchers' ERA actually dropped. Our pitchers are the real MVPs of this team. If the bats just wake up for a series, then it's over for whoever the competition is. Yeah, and uh, home field advantage didn't matter in 2017 World Series either. So, no, oh yeah, no, exactly. We won in L.A., and you know, um, I was at the one World Series. They only have a couple wins at home in the World Series. I happened to be at one of them last year. That was an amazing game, and I would love for the Astros to have home field advantage. I would love for them to win it and do the trophy celebration in Houston. But at the end of the day, the Astros just want to win it. They don't care where they win it. Brett, appreciate your time as always, brother. Uh, keep up the tremendous work with the Locked On Astros podcast, and we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Hey, thank you so much. And um, everybody in Louisiana, thank you all so much for listening. We do see the numbers. Our numbers have been going up. We appreciate you all and anticipating some some fun postseason action. And, man, well, I can't wait for college football to come back, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a good year, 2022 and 2023. I think you're going to rock. You all be blessed. And, as always, check us out on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, or review your podcast for your team every day. Go Strohs. That's Brett Chancey from the Locked On Astros podcast joining us there. Got to take a timeout. We'll update the poll question of the day. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. August 8th, 1984. American Carl Lewis wins his third gold medal of the Los Angeles Olympics, joining Kirk Baptiste and Thomas Jefferson in an American sweep of the 200-meter relay. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company on this Monday, August 8th. We've had a great show. First one back in the studios for yours truly, the big, bald, and beautiful one. Fresh off a rejuvenated vacation, the great American road trip, the family vacation, the Griswold vacation, if you will. But I need to address something before we move forward. You mentioned something earlier when we began today's show, producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names. You do a great job. Phenomenal job. But did I pick up what you were putting down that, in fact, you did not understand my Clark Griswold reference? One, you had no idea who my Christy Brinkley reference was either. In in Wally World, you had no idea. That's correct. Because you've never seen... National Lampoon's Vacation. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm going to make the poll question of the day tomorrow this. I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for everyone. 
should I require Hannah Five Names to watch National Lampoon's Vacation? That'll be the poll question of the day tomorrow. And you, the listener, I'm talking halftime. I'm talking Duck. I'm talking Martin. Okay? I'm talking Chad Jones. Shout out to Chad Jones. I'm talking Jamie. I'm talking Doc. Chris. Reynolds. Everyone. They will determine whether or not you need to watch it. In fact... Does that mean I require James who doesn't watch movies or TV? Can you require him too? I'll have to decide that. The game movie night. I think it's a fantastic idea. Right now, I'm all about making you better. Oh, okay. I'll work on James. Okay. Should I make you just watch the first one or should I make you watch National Lampoon's Vacation and National Lampoon's European Vacation? Tell me you have least seen Cousin Eddie and his RV for Christmas Vacation. You've never seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? No. You already asked me this question. It's not going well for you. Don't terminate my job, please. What am I going to do with you? I don't know. What am I going to do with you, five names? That's going to be the poll question of the day tomorrow. It will be... Which one of the National Lampoons should I make you watch? And one of the options will be all of them. So you will decide how much, mo- how many movies Hannah Five Names will be watching later this week. So that's a tease of what we're going to be doing tomorrow with our poll question of the day. Got it. <laughs> She's so happy about it as well. Well, we have a few minutes before we bring on John J. Hendricks. Let's talk a little more New Orleans Saints. Training camp has begun. They're down there practicing in Metairie. And a player that they're going to be counting on to step up is Peyton Turner. First-round draft pick out of the University of Houston last year, but was injured. Showed flashes, but was injured. Just like another first-round pick they took across the defensive line and in the front seven out of the state of Texas a few years ago, Marcus Davenport. Now, we already heard Dennis Allen talk about how much he likes what he's seen from Peyton Turner so far this training camp. But let's hear from Turner himself. And in his own words, how has camp been for him so far? Flashy, flashy moments. Like I said earlier this offseason, I just want to be more consistent. You know, have a sack here, have a sack there, go a day without a sack, whatever it may be. Not make this play, make it the next day. So just being more consistent, I think, is a big focus for me. But I'd say flashy would be a good word for it. Just be more consistent. So, I love that. I love the fact that he he says, hey, I've shown flashes. i got to be more consistent when he is on the field. And, and, and that's a, a big thing for most players. That was a big thing for Marcus Davenport as well. To be consistent. You need to be more like Cam Jordan, who's consistently good game after game, week after week, season after season. You're not helping the team at all if one game you can get two sacks and then you're not a factor for the next three games, whether it's because you can't shed your blocks or because you're injured. How has he been improving? What has he been improving on? I feel like I have this camp. I I do feel like I have. I just got better with the run especially. Better with my hands, better technique and stuff. So I do think that that's coming. More reps. It's been since last November, like I said, since uh, I've been out there playing and getting those reps. So just getting more reps, I think, will just lead to more of that consistency. 
being healthy, getting more reps. Now, David Onyemata is a veteran guy across the defensive line. He knows a thing or two, particularly about what it takes to be a successful player and about what it takes to be a first-round pick to develop into an impact player. And, you know, he's compared Turner to Marcus Davenport, and Turner was asked about that comparison. Marcus is a great player. O's a great player. We just got a great D-line, great chemistry, so I'm really excited. But, yeah, when I'm around Marcus, it's really nice to – He's been around for a while, so and he's learned from Lewis and learned from uh, Cam. So just being able to talk to both of them, all of them really, about the same things uh, and just get different takes from them is uh, unique and beneficial for me. You saw that? You saw what he did there? I like that. I, if I'm a Saints fan, that's what I like to hear. He deflected the comparison and, and gave praise to Onyemata and the other guys and then talked about how he needs to work. Yeah, you like that. Hungry and humble. That's what you want to hear from a second-year guy, especially coming off a rookie campaign that was disappointing due to injury and some inconsistent play. We'll talk more about Peyton Turner. We'll talk more about the Saints in general in a few minutes because John J. Hendricks from Sports Illustrated is going to be joining us, talking all things Saints training camp for the Big Easy Blitz. That's next on RP3 and Company. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Houdan is ready for Saints talk. The give to Camara. Breaks through, spins at the two, into the end zone, touchdown! Time to talk Saints with the Big Easy Blitz here on RP3 and Company. John J. Hendricks from Sports Illustrated joins us now, the Como High legend, and a man who, you know what, hasn't come across a New Orleans Saints bobblehead that he does not add to his collection. John, good morning, brother. How are you? Good morning. Doing well, man. Just out here another day of Saints training camp. Ready to go. My man is raring to go. Okay. I know it's early. And we'll get to some storylines and some things that you've noticed at training camp so far. What's the latest, though, on the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson contract situation? I know he's limiting himself to, in practice and reps due to wanting to be extended and getting off the final year of his rookie deal. What can you tell us? Yeah, well, lately he's been out because he's dealing with the family-related matter. So the team has granted him an excuse absence. Right now, and so, uh, you know, that's the thing where things stand. And obviously, he does want to work and get a new contract. He's one of several players that want that. I mean, you have Eric McCoy and Marcus Davenport is a guy, you know, uh, even David Onyemata. There's a lot of these Saints that are going into final contract here. So, look, whether that happens before the season or not, that remains to be seen. We've seen players get those. Um, you know, the thing is, with uh, the Saints defense the way it is, you got guys that are there and they could fill in in a pinch and do that type of role. I mean, you have Bradley Roby, you have Elante Taylor, you have Bryce Thompson, you have some guys that can take those snaps. So, again, it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. Um, you know, we'll see if he's back at practice today. But right now, yeah, wants a new contract. I'm not sure if that'll happen, um, but limiting himself and then ultimately we'll see if he has some more participation when it comes to preseason action and such too. You know, when they drafted Elante Taylor out of Tennessee, I said, look, this is the first really Dennis Allen pick. And what I meant by that, John, was, you know, they needed an offensive lineman. So that was a team need. They needed another wide receiver in Olave. That's a team need. They didn't need Elante Taylor. 
They just wanted him. And that was, you know, Dennis Allen's kind of pick, so to speak. He's been turning heads ever since he got to New Orleans. Are we underestimating how much playing time he will actually get as a rookie? I think there's some aspects. I mean, again, you want to see more, but I think the best thing to appreciate about Alante is the fact of his game and this is how self-aware he is. And so, I mean, the other day he's talking about practice and, you know, most people will give you the answers of like, oh, you know, trying to get 1% better, all this other stuff. But like, he's like, look, is my technique. I know that's coachable. I know that's fixable. This is an area I can get better at. I know he's, he definitely believes a lot in himself. He's singled out Paulson and Debo as somebody who constantly works with him. And, you know, even just talking to Bradley Roby, and the thing to take away about this corner group or just this team in general is just so many people helping each other. And, that, yeah, you're fighting for roster spots. You're fighting for depth. You're doing all this stuff. But there doesn't really seem to be a lot of selfish attitudes in this locker room, which is so, so important. And so it helps bring guys along like Alain Pay, you know, a lot faster. And so, uh, you know, look, Roby said it the other week that, hey, this kind of reminds him of the time he was in Denver and they put together a Super Bowl run that secondary talent. But, look, I think people are sleeping on, on Tay a little bit and, and the fact that he can do a lot more for this team. And so I, I think we'll see a lot more of that in the preseason. So, Alante Taylor, we know he's going to get some playing time. He's going to try to seize the opportunity presented to him. Honey Badger back in the fold. He was away for a family matter. Uh, a lot of Saints fans freaked out because he deleted Saints stuff from his Instagram page. I guess that's a thing to pay attention to these days. Um, I'm still trying to adjust <laughs> to the world that we live in, John. Um, a, a big deal? No big deal. I don't think it's a big deal. Look, everything I heard, he just needed some time to figure out everything. And so, look, um, you know, he had a bunch of teammates reach out. He had Jameis Winston, Jarvis Landry, you know, uh, just a couple of the guys. Many of the guys, Demario reached out, Mike Thomas reached out. I mean, all these guys reached out to support him. And the thing is, the state's organization, Dennis Allen, they said it was from the beginning that, hey, you know, we're going to support him through this and give him the time he needs. And when he comes back, welcome him back with open arms. And that's exactly what he did. Small ramp-up period for him. Now he got into team drills on the last practice we saw Saturday. So, I mean, things are, are getting better on that front for sure as far as he goes. And you just got to finish learning the playbook and just work on the communication aspect. But, look, this guy's going to be such an impact player this year. And, you know, for a team that had Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams last year, they really replaced him with some solid guys. And I think he could be even better than it has been in, in the past, you know, for several years with having such a, a strong secondary who has more pressure on them in the front seven? Is it Peyton Turner in year number two to prove that he's worth a first-round pick? Or is it Marcus Davenport in a contract year? I think it's Marcus Davenport in contract year. You know, uh, he's not on the field yet, right? And so that's the, that's the, the problem right now is that he, he's been around the facility. He's been doing rehab. He's been doing all that. But, look, he hasn't taken any reps and snaps. And, look, he's going to be ready for the season, right? And the thing is, this has kind of been the thing that he's – such an impact player when he's on the field but you know he's it's kind of like the honors piece and all these others that he just it's hard to stay healthy for a whole season in 17 games and so i think turner's in for a breakout year i know being that he's a former first round pick that there is pressure that comes with that territory but you know look davenport's contract year um you know in some aspects you can go back and say they kind of chose him over trey hendrickson um and you know look at trey in cincinnati and so um look i'm I, I believe that this pass rush is one of the best things done this team. 
I think that it's going to be really, really good. Um, and Davenport's going to be a huge part of in what they do to, to accomplish that. So I think pressure may be on, but I think Marcus is not going to ha- is is not phased by it. I think he handles that pressure really well. We're talking with John Jay Hendricks of Sports Illustrated. He covers the New Orleans Saints. He joins us here for the Big Easy Blitz. He's you know, right there off the field as training camp resumes today for the New Orleans Saints. Let's switch from the defense over to the offense. What have you seen? What stood out about the offensive line? And what kind of impact is Doug Marone making? Yeah, look, Doug Marone's in it. You know, uh, it's not just him. It's Zach Streif and then, you know, pick up Jari Evans. So I think the biggest things to take away there is just the fact of how the coaching goes. So you see a lot of instruction. You see a lot of good things just from, from all of these guys. And Marone is, is a very vocal guy. He's, he's just kind of one of those that comes in and no nonsense, right? It's just he's going to teach you. And sometimes it may hurt some feelings in the way he is a direct. But he's smart. He knows the game. And all the, the offensive linemen, I mean, he's earned the respect there. And so you talk to guys like Landon Young or Ryan Ramchek or, you know, any of these guys, I think that they get it. They understand. Uh, I think it's been a really good uh, good thing to have Doug Marone. I think if anybody fits in, you know, games with Andres Pete or Cesar Ruiz, it's, it's going to be attributed a lot to Doug Marone. And I know getting Jari Evans in here is going to help tremendously as well. And so, look, I think there's more reason to be optimistic about the offensive line. This season, um, you know, I think it's a big question with James Hurst, Trevor Penning. I, I don't see Penning beaten and winning that battle right now. I, I, again, I think it's Hurst's job to lose. I don't see anything from Penning yet that says, man, this guy is going to be the starter. But, look, things are going to change once you have preseason action. I, I expect a lot of those uh, so things that to work itself out. So we'll have to keep an eye out and see how he does as we get closer to it. You mentioned Trevor. Uh, he, he made some headlines, getting into some fisticuffs, getting into some training camp fight. I like that kind of thing because I like uh, a guy coming in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I like when offensive linemen play with a mean streak. Uh, what's What was the reaction by the team? What was the reaction by the other media folks there? Yeah, let's set the record straight on this, too. He did not get kicked out just because he did not get kicked out of practice because he started a fight three straight days. And it, it, it wasn't just him that started the fight. So, People have been putting out stuff that says, oh, yeah, he had three, three straight days of fighting, and that's why he got kicked out. That's, that's nonsense. So this is something that boiled over. He plays after, you know, after the whistle. Um, obviously, it becomes a problem when you hurt somebody. If somebody gets hurt from it, that's where it really comes into play. But, look, Peyton Turner, the dust-up, he talked about it, said, hey, this is, this is football, and this is a guy that, that plays after the whistle. Zach Streif said, uh, you know, look, if it's something on our end, we'll coach it. If it's something on, on their end, they need to be coached too. And so, look, I, I don't think there's much to, to worry about here. JT Gray said it's just football. Um, you know, the big one in Malcolm Roach, that's just kind of where things boiled over and pinning won that rep. And so, again, it's the after-the-whistle stuff or the after-the-play stuff that you got to really rein in a little bit here. I think it's, it's fine the way he's playing in some aspects until, you know, something bad happens. But, look, you've got to look at this too and say – you'd rather a guy come in and be aggressive than have to say, okay, I need you to get aggressive or need you to come out a little bit more. So I'm not worried about Trevor Penning in that aspect. I think he's going to be uh, one of those that continue to get a bad rap. Um, but, you know, look, I think he's doing a, a good job with the situation he's in. And, you know, they're gonna, they got it all cleaned up from the other day when there was that big fight. Well, John, and here's the other thing, right? You, you have a guy that sometimes has been passive, at least in his play in Cesar Ruiz, that they're trying to fix and you bring in a rookie, I guarantee you 
that Streif and Evans and Doug Marone especially, they may not publicly say it, but I guarantee you behind the scenes, they love the fact that the rookie came in there and is playing with a huge chip on his shoulder. they much rather have the young guy be aggressive, like you said, than him to be passive. Yeah, and the other part of it, too, is here's another thing you got to remember. This defense has come in here and played with a certain type of physicality. Yep. And, again, it's the corners, it's the linebackers, the off uh, defensive line. I mean, they play with a huge chip on the shoulder all the training camp. So, honestly, I think Finning's one of the few guys that's like, okay, I'm not going to take this crap, and I'm going to stand up for the offense, if you will. And so, I don't think it's a bad thing, what we've seen. Again, again, I only take issue if somebody gets hurt from all this crap, then it becomes an issue. But, again, they sound, it sounds like they, they squelched all of it. They know what to expect. Again, he's somebody that's going to get continue to get coached. But, you know, again, I think sometimes the defense might have goaded him into some of this stuff. And so, I see both sides of it. I'm not taking one side or the other, but I can also see that, hey, it's not just one point finger at Trevor Penning because of him or a reputation or, you know, stuff he's done. Hey, and we know you got to where you're at today because you play with a you, – you write with a chip on your shoulder. And if anyone knows down there, <laughs> Luke Johnson better not put his hands on you because you're going to make him pay, right? I mean, that's how that rolls. <laughs> well, I have to run away from Luke, but, you know, Luke's, Luke's a lot faster than me. I'm a little bit more portly this and, days. But, and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and don't forget, <laughs> Luke, Luke, Luke's also a former Marine, so that probably yeah, wouldn't, yeah, I, I, wouldn't be a great idea. Wrapping up our conversation <laughs> with John J. Hendricks of Sports Illustrated. All right, bud. Uh, we didn't get to talk while I was on vacation. This happened. Alvin Kamara's hearing, as expected, got delayed yet again by a few months. Does this change at all the Saints' approach to adding depth to the running back room, especially after as many times as they have kicked the tires on veterans? I don't know if it changes a lot of things, but I do know that this is an area they want to keep getting better at. And, you know, look, at the running back three is is yet to be determined. I mean, you know, Avery Smith looked like he kind of had a leg up. You bring in the veteran Malcolm Brown, I think he's looked pretty decent. But, you know, Tony Jones Jr. was having a rough start to camp, and he's come on in the last several practices and looked really good, reminiscent of why he beat out Latavius Murray and, and uh, Devontae Freeman last year. So I think this is an area where, you know, I could see them potentially trading for somebody if it comes down to that. So, um, you know, it, it's one of those that you got to monitor the preseason you know, I'm not saying they're going after guys like Kareem Hunt or, you know, people floating out Josh Jacobs or all these other running backs. But if it makes the sense, then they're going to figure it out. But, you know, the way this, this hearing has gotten delayed, Kamara may not get suspended this season. I think there's a real possibility that that doesn't happen. And, um, you know, of course, we just have to wait till this plays out, the legal side of it. And then there's the NFL discipline side. And, you know, what we're seeing with the Sean Watson case, Roger can step in and kind of do what he wants to do on that. So we'll see what happens. John, appreciate your time as always, brother. Keep up the tremendous work, my friend, and we'll be in touch. All right, thanks. Appreciate you. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll finalize the poll question of the day, and we'll get you set up for Kevin Foot in footnotes. That's all coming up next, right here on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Raging Cajun legend Jake DeLome, and you're listening to The Game, 103.7. On Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface, and sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a new pool, or any other reason, even minor landscaping around the house, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? 
Maybe only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple. It's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles remind you, call 811 and know what's below before you dig. I want to take a moment to thank all of our guests, Jeff Palermo from Tiger Rag Radio, Brett Chancy from the Locked On Astros podcast, and John J. Hendricks from Sports Illustrated, helping us kick off this week's worth of shows. Poll question of the day, what was your favorite part of RP3's vacation? 42% of you said, my favorite part was everything. 26% say the inner tube water slides. 21% say minor league baseball, and 11% say drive through animal safari. Yeah, we got a little up close and personal with them animals, let me tell you. <laughs> Thanks to all who voted on our poll question of the day. And look, I'll say one more thing about the Saints. They they did sign Malcolm Brown, as Ralph reminded me here on Twitter. Is that guy going to be enough? I think they're high on the kid from Baylor. I think it's going to be Kamara, Mark Ingram, the kid from Baylor, and then Malcolm Brown is going to be battling Tony Jones Jr. for the fourth running back spot. I know a lot of you fans want Josh Jacobs or want to go get Kareem Hunt. That's not really how the Saints operate. Especially with Kamara's hearing being delayed all the way until the end of September. It will likely be delayed again as his lawyers are probably trying to get them to uh, have the charges reduced so he can plead down to a lesser charge. But they'll keep delaying that so he won't miss any time this season. They like the kid out of Baylor. And then it'll be between Malcolm Brown and Tony Jones Jr. I think they like their running back room more than the fans do. Just saying. For the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.